Citing security concerns, CBS News boycotts Twitter for two days. Ilhan Omar is about to be kicked off the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Plus, an outspoken COVID lockdown critic laments the death of academic freedom. All that and more. I'm Bobby Everly. This is a 13-minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with CBS News and its Twitter boycott. And before we get into that specific story, isn't it great what we are seeing on Twitter? The woke radical left is in a meltdown because Elon Musk is promoting free speech and reinstating Twitter accounts of conservatives who are banned. So what's the leftist to do? Back when there was talk that Elon Musk might purchase Twitter, former Vermont Governor Howard Dean tweeted this. Hi, Twitterverse. Many thanks for the knowledge and sharing over the past 10 years or so. If Musk takes over Twitter, I will be off within a few hours. Might be just as well for my well-being, but I've learned a lot of valuable stuff from many of you. Thank you all. Howard. Of course, he didn't really mean it, as he continues to post on the platform. His most recent being a tweet of an article which he says that what America really needs is a younger version of him. Whoopi Goldberg announced on The View that she was leaving Twitter because of the attitudes that will now be allowed on the platform. It has been a little over a week since Elon Musk took over Twitter and the place is a, it's a mess. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm getting off. I'm yeah. getting off today because I just feel like, you know, it's, it's so messy. Yeah. And I, I, I'm tired of now having had certain kinds of attitudes blocked and now they're back on. Yeah. And I just, I'm going to get out. And if it settles down and I feel more comfortable, yeah. maybe I'll come back. But as of tonight, I'm done. Now, her account actually is deleted. But before she left, she received scores of mentions saying, hey, we're not going to miss you. So many of these leftists think they are so important. Like the world will literally come to an end if we don't hear what Michael Moore or George Takai, the old Sulu from Star Trek, or Whoopi Goldberg has to say. Guess what? We don't care. And that brings us to CBS News, which actually posted that it was going to take a step away from the Twitter platform because of security concerns. In light of the uncertainty around Twitter and out of an abundance of caution, CBS News is pausing its activity on the social media site as it continues to monitor the platform, Major. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. Out of an abundance of caution? What does that even mean? It's Twitter. You type something, you post something. It's not like you're navigating a minefield. But hey, they're going to monitor the situation. Have at it. And this Twitter ban was not just limited to national CBS News. The local affiliates had jumped on board as well. The CBS affiliate in San Francisco tweeted, In light of the uncertainty around Twitter and out of an abundance of caution, CBS News Bay Area is pausing its activity on the social media site as we continue to monitor the platform. Now, all of this went down on Friday. And what's interesting is that while halting their activity on Twitter, the network continued to post news stories on TikTok. Chinese-owned TikTok is under investigation for actually spying on Americans and American interests. And CBS News continued to post on the platform over the weekend while halting their posts 
on Twitter out an abundance of caution. Well, it really doesn't matter because after just two days of their Twitter boycott, CBS News is back. On Sunday, the network tweeted this. After pausing for much of the weekend to assess the security concerns, CBS News and Stations is resuming its activity on Twitter as we continue to monitor the situation. This seems like something from the Babylon Bee. Assess security concerns. The company posts on TikTok. I guess some executive tapped the CEO on the shoulder and said, well, you know, we do post on TikTok. We clearly have no security concerns. But that's CBS News. They really stuck it to Elon Musk and Twitter for a whole two days. I wonder how many other leftist individuals and organizations will quietly end their Twitter boycotts and just magically start tweeting again when they realize that they need Twitter a whole lot more than Twitter needs them. All right, next, let's talk about what Ilhan Omar can look forward to in the next Congress. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Next, let's talk about Ilhan Omar, the famous brother marrying anti-Semite who continually received a pass from Nancy Pelosi and others in the Democrat leadership. It seems if you're a radical leftist or corrupt Democrat or both, you can get away with anything. But if you're a Republican, you are a target of Pelosi's wrath. Now, it appears the tables are about to be turned and Ilhan Omar will soon find herself kicked out of the Foreign Affairs Committee. Here's the story. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said he will follow through with his pledge to kick Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota off the House Foreign Affairs Committee in the next Congress. Ms. Omar, who is losing her committee assignment because of her anti-Semitic rhetoric, is among a handful of Democrats whom Mr. McCarthy will boot from committees for various offenses. He is following a precedent set by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, California Democrat, in the current Congress. Can you believe it? Nancy Pelosi removed Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosser from all their committee assignments. Yet Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and others could go on making incendiary comments with absolutely no consequences. But there's more. It looks like Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell will be joining Omar on the bench. At least two other House Democrats, Representatives Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell, both of California, can expect to be kicked off of committees, people close to Mr. McCarthy told the Washington Times. In response to the threat of losing his seat on the Intelligence Committee, Mr. Schiff called Mr. McCarthy a weak leader and a puppet of Mrs. Green. I suspect he will do whatever Marjorie Taylor Green wants him to do, Mr. Schiff said Sunday on ABC's This Week. It's going to be chaos with Republican leadership. And sadly, the crazy caucus has grown among the Republicans. One thing to keep in mind from this move is that while Pelosi removed Green and Gosser from all their committee assignments, McCarthy plans to just target specific committees. Omar on Foreign Affairs and Schiff and Swalwell on Intelligence. Their other committee assignments will remain. Of course, the Democrats are outraged. But what do you think? Should these Democrats be removed? Let me know in the comments. All right, let's just talk about Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, a Stanford University professor who came under attack by Dr. Anthony Fauci and others for his scientifically and medically accurate assessment of various aspects of COVID, such as lockdowns and masks. For example, 
he and other researchers were the ones who identified the harmful carbon dioxide effects of children wearing masks all day long in school. Yet the CDC, Fauci, and left-wing government officials kept pushing the anti-science. Even now, the CDC recommends that children get vaccinated against COVID. It's insane. And what really burns me up is that you only have a handful, a sliver of medical experts speaking out. Children have statistically nearly a 0% chance of dying from COVID. They have very little chance of even getting sick. Yet the CDC recommends that children get a drug that does not prevent people from getting COVID or spreading COVID. That's a fact. So why does the CDC continue to push such a non-scientific message? In any case, Dr. Bhattacharya is speaking out on what life is like as a medical professional and an academic in this world where freedom of speech, especially on college campuses, no longer exists. A Stanford University professor of medicine says academic freedom is dead after his life became a living hell for challenging coronavirus lockdown orders and the scientific clerisy during the pandemic. The basic premise is that if you don't have protection and academic freedom in the hard cases, when a faculty member has an idea that's unpopular among some of the other faculty, powerful faculty, or even the administration, if they don't protect it in that case, then you don't have academic freedom at all, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya told Fox News Digital in a phone interview. So, Dr. B, as he's called by Laura Ingram, came under fire for co-authoring the Great Barrington Declaration in 2020, which called out lockdowns as being harmful. The declaration was called nonsense and very dangerous by Fauci. He was also a principal researcher in the mask study involving children. Here's more. Bhattacharya spoke at the Academic Freedom Conference at Stanford's Graduate School of Business earlier this month and said that in the current era, we have a high clerisy that declares from on high what is true and what is not true. Bhattacharya argued in his comments to Fox News that in many scientific circles during the pandemic, power replaced the idea of truth as the guiding light. So you have somebody like Tony Fauci who says unironically that if you question me, you're not simply questioning a man, you're questioning science itself. That is an exercise of raw power where he places himself effectively as the Pope of science rather than a genuine desire to learn the truth. He's so right. What we learn more than anything during COVID is that power trumps science. The cabal of big tech, media, corporate leftists, and the government swamp trample down all of free speech. They ignored the science and so many people paid the price. Thankfully, there are people like Dr. B who continue to speak out. All right, next, I just wanna to quickly touch on the latest example of how wokeness and this whole push for diversity for the sake of diversity is killing academic excellence by pushing smart people aside because they don't have the right color or religion or race or ethnicity. Basically in America now, you have government sponsored discrimination. When you look at academics, academia, you have systemic racism, just not the kind the left wants to talk about. So what happens when medical schools and law schools and other academic institutions start to suffer because they no longer focused on getting the best and the brightest? Well, will they toughen their standards? Of course not. Nope, they'll just remove themselves from the rankings so no one sees how far they fall. Here's the story. Top law school universities may be pulling out of one of the most high-profile ranking systems 
in order to drop standardized testing requirements and keep a focus on diversity, experts told the Daily Caller News Foundation. Yale and Harvard Law School pulled out of the U.S. News and World Report saying that the flawed rankings failed to reward schools which help students who come from low-income backgrounds and have lower test scores. That's right. According to Harvard and Yale, the rankings are flawed. And why? Because they rank on things like how well graduates do, how many scholars go there, factors such as those which give some indication on the quality of the program, not factors like, well, we accepted X number of this race and excluded X number of that race. Here's more. If affirmative action fails, we can expect to see a lot of educational institutions drop objective standards from their admissions practices, John Saylor, fellow at the National Association of Scholars, told the DCNF. This allows them to continue race-conscious admissions by other means. Already, we see schools embracing this workaround. These top law schools probably have that in mind as they back out of the U.S. News and World Report rankings. Rankings requires clear, objective standards, and if law schools hope to go test-optional, the ranking system presents an obvious problem. When clear, objective standards pose a problem for some colleges and universities, that's probably a good clue to go somewhere else. Yep, these institutions stifle free speech, silence debate, promote segregation, and now embrace lower standards. And by the way, your tuition will be going up 10% next year. I don't think so. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.